Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. MJ Hurley here with Joe Rigio for the Immaculate Perceptions podcast here at Game on Wisconsin. Mr. Joe, you've had quite the day. Um, yeah. And I have one question for you Are you still hungry? Man, look, I'm hungrier than two fat hoes sitting up on cornflakes. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I'm good. I just had I just had dinner. We had uh, we went to Logan's Roadhouse. I stuffed myself with rolls. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm very full. Yeah. So, uh, like, before we get to to food and Packers, let's start by congratulating you and your lovely wife Paige on getting married over the. Thank week. you. Very Thank very, you very happy much. for Here, you. Well, uh, she can't hear you right now, but she's sitting right next to me. There she is. <laughs> So, yes. I mean, like, I, I know I was invited to the wedding and couldn't make it out, but I do yes. have one. I do have one discrepancy. Seeing okay. all the pictures and to the wedding, like of all people, you let Bruce in. Like what? The yes, heck? I did. I did. Um, him to come. And there's actually okay. <laughs> okay, real quick. Bruce, I need you to. I need you to get the picture of. Uh, I got you, it. You dancing. Uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll put it up. I'll put it up. So I got because download Bruce. It. Bruce was actually a very integral part of uh, all of the partying and everything. He and his I'm wife did a very good job of keeping everyone on the dance floor. Um, I was skeptical, but uh, we, we partied. We had a good time. Um, Bruce also. Uh, helped uh Paige's dad keep going through his speech when he started crying i did so, i did uh, yes yeah, Br- bruce was fantastic from br- beginning to end yeah Paige nice. approves well real quick uh, real quick though before n- enough about me um it was honestly thank you so much it was a, it was a pleasure so much va- so much fun the venue was absolutely gorgeous um it was great just everything you guys did uh i i, I thank you from the bottom of mine and my wife's heart like you guys were amazing Page was beautiful. You were handsome. It was a great time, and thank you so much for the opportunity. We screw, screw you, there. Joe. Trying to tell us, talk some <laughs> shit over there. This guy, this guy. Just because I'm a Bears fan, you gotta say some shit. Okay, that's cool. All right, have some fun, guys. Let's have a good show. Let's go. Yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great. Um, we even actually already got pictures back too, uh, which was super fun. I cry every time I see Bruce too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Me too. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, it was great. Um, we, get, we already got pictures back. Um, so we I've been wow. scrolling through those all day. Um, I'm mostly just trying to recover physically, mostly physically, uh, because A, my body hurts from dancing because I'm not normally a dancing guy, which Joe knows. He saw me go party and I mostly just like sat there and kind of bopped the whole time. Um, and then you a player um, in the Himalayas, Romy Rome. What are you talking? Yeah, about? I was just, I was just chilling. Uh, but I actually danced on um, Saturday, and then we also, I did like thirty-five hours of driving in five days, combined for everything. So I'm, I'm a little beat. Uh, I go back to work tomorrow, so I've just been doing a lot of sleeping and rest. I know, <laughs> I'm not excited about it, but nope, I need a week to recover. Period. Literally. Bro, my my left Achilles still hurts a little bit. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm on the I'm on the pup list right now. Ah, Physically unable to perform. I feel good, by the way. My ass was doing some crazy, stupid shit, and I feel great. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bruce was all over the place, but it was great. Um, so yeah, enough enough about me. We're here to talk Packers. Okay, let's get um, 
Yeah, so Joe, we got some training camp action. Um, oh, yeah, I know there's specifically uh, a couple trains that you want to go on, uh, but first and foremost, something that I've been hearing a lot is just how incredibly good the defense is. Um, and Matt Lafleur's been getting on everybody, you know, every part of the team for their urgency, all of that good stuff. Um, but I've heard a lot of good things about the defense. So for you, Joe, what's been the most encouraging thing? What What are you excited to hear coming out of camp? That the defense is good. Like, right, that, that's number one. Like, the reality yeah. is this is a team that has potentially seven first-round picks on defense. Like, yes. that, that's like Baltimore Ravens 90s, late 90s, early 2000s-esque type thing. Like, they're, we're building through the defense. Um, right. And the fact that that's secondary, man. Look. The best corner in the game, yeah. I don't care who says what, is Jair Alexander. He's paid like it. That's the He's that guy, and he's out there locking to me. They're not even throwing his way. Like In training camp. In training camp. And, and it's not that – he's going against, you know, Alan Lazard, you know, and, and Cobb. And they're not – Rodgers is in love isn't even throwing his way. Right. So you have that side. Eric Stokes is poised to take a jump. And remember, he didn't play in any preseason games last year. Right. And he was, he didn't play in any preseason games. There were multiple games where he was essentially the number one guy. And he still played as well as he did. Exactly. And then you got Rasul Douglas, who he's even picking up, you know, on one on one indie time where, I mean, oh, we're just, you know, let's just go routes on air. And he's picking balls off. Right. And then, you know, Keyshawn Nixon, you know, it's, it's a little groin. So it's, it's tugging at him and nothing, nothing major. Key will, Key will be back. You got John that's out there, that balling out. You know, it's, it, you got uh, Gafford out there balling out. Like this team, there's something special going on on the defensive side of the ball. And that's something that, that, that is one of the two most, those are one of the two things that I'm most excited about. What about you, MJ? Listen, when I hear coming from Aaron Rodgers himself that he told the offense, we're going to get our butts kicked all of camp by this defense. That's what I, uh, that's what I love to hear because a lights a fire under the offense, right? Get that competitiveness going, which is something LaFleur has mentioned that they really like how competitive everyone's been. A lot of that is because, especially on the offensive side of the ball, there are so many young guys. And so they're all fighting for those spots, also on special teams, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I think the biggest impact is going to be this offense may appear young, inexperienced. Uh, you know, we've talked about the wide receiver room, all of that stuff. But there's two things. Number one, when you have Aaron Rodgers lighting a fire under you for – a month <laughs> when you have that guy lighting a fire under you every morning uh that's going to make you better and two when you're playing against what's consensus a top three defense in the nfl every day for a month before you see anyone else then that makes you even better so that's what i'm excited for is the impact the speed and the skill of the defense is going to have across the entire team. 100%. I think the, the other thing that I'm most excited about, um, 
and I've taught in our text chain. I, I was very vocal about this last week. Um, very vocal. Romeo Dobbs. Okay, I've watched this guy for three plus years. Right, covering UNLV here in Vegas, tearing up the Mountain West, tearing up the secondary. You know, of every team in the Mountain West, there wasn't a team that contained him. Now all of us, and then when they drafted him, I was like, he's going to make everybody very happy. That was, I think we we got some receipts with that, don't we? I believe we do. Uh, let's see. So, yep, April thirtieth. Steal. So I'm gonna go on record. If y'all want to hop aboard the Dobbs train, I'm the conductor. I'm the ticket agent. You, I put the coals in the engine. We're rolling, but the Dobbs train is driven by me. He'll be the Packers' number one receiver by the end of camp. Actually, by the end of the year. And that 1134-yard record for uh, a rookie uh, receiving yard, that could be broken this year by week 13. I think he's going to ball out. if Week 13? I'm telling you. Look at Dobbs, to me, was a better pick than than Watson. No disrespect to Christian Watson. He's a lightweight, measurable, RAS score, all that great. But Dobbs is the baller. And like I said, I said last week, wow. I said it during the draft show when we were when we we're yep. doing the draft show. He reminds me a lot of Devontae Adams coming out, except he's a little bit faster. MJ, I'm telling you, Dobbs is the real deal. Bar none. Joe, you're getting me a little excited. I'm not gonna lie. You know. Um because you're welcome. Coach. And because <laughs> that that's the one thing that <laughs> gets better every time i watch it oh because that's the one the one knock that anyone in the league has been able to put on the packers is oh they don't have a number one receiver so if you just give rogers a seamless transition um (laughs) also you hear that clip uh literally the day after our show rogers was talking and they asked him about uh i believe ryan wood asked him Hey, how's Lazard doing as the number one wide receiver? Looks straight into the camera, smiles, and goes, Well, when you go from one Hall of Famer to another. <laughs> Loved it. I, I love, love that first of all, Rogers is all in on the memes. And love that it. he's just ha- he's just having fun with it. Joe sounds like every single Cowboys fan at the start of the season. Except nah. we actually win football games. It's crazy. Um <laughs> but I'm not let's reading. move on. <laughs> look, I'm not reaching when it comes to Dobbs. I'm not. Look, I've no. watched this guy. I've literally watched this guy torch defense. I mean, when I mean torch, I mean there is you can't stop him, and he returns right. punts. So you bring up, excuse me, Rich Basaccia's impact, right? Right. He could be the punt returner. He can literally do it all. Hall and I, this <laughs> Hall of Famer already. This is something I'm very excited to talk about. One, because... Oh, hold on, MJ. There we go. He had breaking news, Bruce. What? What is Bruce doing? Bruce is going nuts right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was because of the Hall of Fame thing. It's breaking news. So. <laughs> oh, okay. 
breaking news. Romeo Dubs is a Hall of Famer. Um, but no, this this is something I'm excited to get your take on, uh, Joe, because you were in Vegas. You were able to see what Rich could do, um, not just with special teams, but what he was able to do with the Raiders and what was a very tumultuous season last year. He was able to kind of bring them all together. Um, and from what I've heard so far, everybody loves him in Green Bay. So, Joe, give everybody a little bit more insight into what we really have as just our special teams coordinator. Rich Passaccia is the epitome of a, a player's coach, but because as a player, all you want is your coach to be honest with you and transparent, and that's what he right. is. He's going to coach you hard. He's going to love you hard. Typical great Italian man. This us Italian guys. <laughs> that's what we do. We, we You're coach Italian? hard. We love hard. It's what we do. And and Passaccia is that guy. He's got so much experience coaching special teams in this league and being and doing it at the highest level, having at one point the top special teams group and never being a bottom tier special teams guy. Players respond to that. Last year with the Raiders, you know, it, it was a year where you got to understand that Gruden stuff comes out with the emails. And then Henry okay. Ruggs kills somebody driving drunk. And then four days later, Damon Arnett threatens a kid on, on a TikTok and tells him to pull up with his, and he's got his AR-15 on him. And then oh, I forgot just, about that. Yeah, it's just one thing after another. And this team yeah. stayed the course. And that was because of Basaccia and his leadership. Like, right. you, you talk to people around the league, they'll tell you that they've thought for years that he should be a head coach. And a lot of the players in the Raiders organization really, you know, uh, banged the table to have him be their next head coach. And Mark Davis decided to go a different route. And I can tell you this with 100% certainty. Keyshawn Nixon, who's going to be probably the best special teamer Green Bay's had maybe since Jared Bush and maybe even going back further than that. Keyshawn, the reason he chose Green Bay is because of Rich Passaccia, and he had other options. Um, right. Dylan Levette or Dallin Levette, same thing. Another special teams guy that's going to come in and make guy and make an impact, and that's because of Passaccia. Passaccia's impact is going to go far and beyond special teams. Players in this locker room are going to love him, and if they, they don't already. So, Joe, I'm curious uh... – how long will Bisaccia actually stay in Green Bay? Is this a is this a one and done? Because you know I don't want to get people too excited over what we have here. And then, like you said, and even Matt Lafleur has said, Lafleur said, I believe it was yesterday. I don't know how this guy isn't a head coach. So, how long do you think he actually stays in Green Bay? Um, and, and how long will we actually have this joyous? special teams coordinator from the gods. You know, that, that remains to be seen. Um, I, if he doesn't get a head coaching job this year, I see him coming back. Okay. I can see him being there as long as they want him there and he likes it there. And unless right. he gets a head coaching job, I mean, from all, everybody that I've talked to that's there, um, not only loves him, but the, they think he's going to, you know, he loves it there from what they're saying that he, it's great to be in a football town it's great to be in a place where football is king, where you, the team is the most important thing. Winning is the most important thing. Those are things that Basaccia covets, and and he relies on relationships. So I, I think in a lot of ways, you're looking at a guy that could be in Green Bay for quite some time if he doesn't become a head coach anytime soon. So I'm, you know, moving on to some different expectations. Um, yeah. I'm curious, 
And I, I know this will get you uh, riled, riled up a bit. Um, so Mark Murphy does this thing every year where he talks to the Green Bay fan base. Um, everybody knows the drill there. Um, every and, year, every week when he writes something, like people want to hear it. But anyway, go ahead. Well, that's true as well. Um, and, you know, Mark prides himself as being uh, a man of the people in Green Bay. I'm curious, Joe, uh, you know, some of his comments, including like Mark expect Green Bay to get the draft in the next five years, either 2025 or 27, Boom. I believe, um, which was very surprising to me. I don't feel like has been talked enough about on Packers Twitter, really, because I don't think anybody believes it. So, uh, Joe, go off. Okay. Like, like, like. You were here for the draft. You're here in Vegas, right? Yes. I love Green Bay. Been up there a few times. Love it. Literally, if I could move there, I would. If I could, I I would leave Vegas right now to move to Green Bay. Not so much I love it. I'm not even joking. I'm dead ass serious. Right. Okay. If I could get a job in Green Bay and she could work or do med school or whatever, I would love to be there. Yeah. Okay. That being said, Every hotel in Las Vegas was booked up. Not just the big properties. I'm talking about the Seagull Suites. The Comfort Inn and Suites. Yes. 22 minutes away. Yeah. Motel 6. <laughs> like Travel Live. Everything. Everything. So you're going to tell me you're going to have that in Green Bay with how many hotels there? Seven. Maybe There's seven on one side of the strip for in a, in a quarter block mile or quarter right a quarter mile in a block you know, like like it. Let's be realistic about it. There is no better place to have the draft than in Green Bay. There's, there's no better place to have the draft or have anything football related than in Green Bay. That is the mecca right. of football. Period. Lambeau Field is the mecca, but you have to be you got to build up that area now to be able to host something like that because Nashville. Blew it out the roof when they had it. But Vegas took it somewhere else. Good luck. Good good luck, Kansas City, or wherever it is next year. Good and luck. I even – yeah, it is Kansas City. And, I, Joe, I even was able to see Cleveland and then Vegas. And so, granted, I, I won't knock Cleveland because it was right in the middle of COVID, basically. It was Cleveland. a year after COVID. Um, and – there were still some limitations into what they could do. Couldn't party as much as they want to, you know, but I I really think that however long I end up covering the NFL after doing the draft in Vegas, I don't know how you're supposed to beat that. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to from an entertainment aspect for the NFL, not talking about the actual functionality of the draft. Cause yeah, green Bay could host the draft. I'm talking about, I, I don't even know if parties, Green Bay could actually do that. I'll be honest. The um, parties, the the all the other things that the week long that goes into it. Right. I mean, I seen how long it took for them to break stuff down at the strip from here, and yeah, it was it was wasn't a day or two. It was like three or four days that right. traffic was messed up on the strip. And and I got told this. The exact term was the Nashville blew the roof off of. The draft, but Vegas blew the took it out the stratosphere, and I wouldn't be surprised that Vegas had like a once every three to four year in a rotation where they, they come yeah. out to Vegas. Somebody with the NFL yeah. told me that's something that they they 
really would like to do is have it back here every three to four years. Almost like the PGA has they rotate like whatever in terms of like uh, St. Andrews. Yeah, right. Same same type of deal. But here's the thing about Mark Murphy. I loved Bob Harlan because Bob Harlan Harlan knew his role, which was handle the business and don't say anything unless you absolutely need to. You're not the owner of the Packers, Mark Murphy. You're the president. Right. And you got a few more years and then you're out. And you're lucky you're the president now because the person that Bob Harlan originally wanted to be president got in some hot water, if you remember correctly. So... I just wish Mark Murphy would just shut up and play the back. Like, let Gutekunst, let LaFleur, let Rodgers. You be the ones. Because what he was saying about Rodgers last year, dude, it made things worse. Just shut the hell. He shouldn't shut the hell up. Yeah, there, there's no reason in terms of making the team better or anything. We already know he doesn't really need to do anything for the business to run because the Packers made more money than they ever have. And he's not really helping the football field by doing anything. So why are you talking? It, it doesn't actually do anything. Sometimes he's talking. He doesn't say anything like, oh, yeah, uh, Matt and, and Brian and Russ are going to be here for a long time. So you have deal. You have contract. You guys extended them. Yeah, uh, we're not going to get into that. Right. Well, you just said it without saying it. Right. Like, shut up. Please. Mark I Murphy's a sore subject. <laughs> I hate Mark Murphy. But what I don't hate is the Packers' defense. And uh, so, Joe, I pose this question to you, which I know you have a very interesting answer. Uh, do the Green Bay Packers have the best defense since their 2010 Super Bowl run? And is this the best secondary in the NFL? Okay. Yes, but I wouldn't use 2010, MJ. I'm going to 96. Going all the way back, what is that? Twenty six years. Uh, you do the math. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, twenty six years, I believe. So you look at it. So I'm going to go through the starters on the 2010 team: Ryan Pickett, B.J. Rossi, Colin Jenkins, Clay Matthews, A.J. Hawk, Desmond Bishop, Frank Zombo, uh, Charles Woodson, Tremont Williams, Charlie Prepper, Nick Collins. Let's throw in Sam Shields and Atari Big B as well. Correct. Yes. Just throw them in there because right. they played integral roles on that team. Um, then you go to, you know, I think defensive line-wise, you have the three guys there at Pickett, Raji, and Jenkins. That was really good. I think this D-line could be a little bit better than that. The linebacking core of Matthews, Hawk, Bishop, and Zombo, Matthews was the only real impactful linebacker. And I say that, no disrespect to A.J. Hawk, a lot of the tackles he had were beyond the line of scrimmage. They were right. tackles that weren't behind the line of scrimmage. Desmond Bishop was the mean was 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 the enforcer, the mean dude. But you know Desmond was real good, and Frank Zabo was there because the other side there wasn't one. He kind of just came out of nowhere, and they gave him, you know, he earned it, and he gave him everything he got. Now you look at the secondary: Woodson, Williams, Shields, Pepper, and Collins. Look, Woodson's a Hall of Famer. Tremont Williams, should, it will be in the Packers, Packers Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think Sam Shields will as well. But Pepra was in, in Big B, like they took over and they, and they were okay. And then you had Nick Collins, who, if Nick didn't get hurt, he's potentially a Hall of Famer. 
Right. But that was a good defense. But you look at that 96 defense, you can think you know, it's a little bit different because they ran four D linemen, but Reggie White, Gilbert Brown, Santana Dodson, and Sean Jones. That did that is you got really two Hall of Famers. I think Sean Jones belongs there. I think Dotson and Gilbert Brown, I mean, Packers Hall of Fame, 100 percent But so that line obviously is better than what we currently have in Green Bay. But the linebackers, this is where things get interesting. Wayne Simmons, George Koontz, and Brian Williams. Now you look at Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, because really, really, they're only going to run two backers. And let's say Chris Barnes, if you want to throw Chris Barnes in there. Well, Simmons and, and Walker are the same type of linebacker, mean, nasty, fast, knock your dick in the dirt. Koontz isn't as athletic as Vondre. Brian yeah. Williams was. Koontz was more like the, the Chris Barnes type. Yeah. So, but I like this group as far as athleticism and potential impact more than the 96 group. And then the secondary, Newsom, Evans, Tyrone Williams. Uh, congratulations to Leroy Butler going to the Hall of Fame and Eugene Robinson. Absolutely. Now, you, and then they have Mark Pryor. So, when you look at the corners, it's Jair and Newsom. I take Jair over Newsom, and I love Craig Newsom. Eric right. Stokes and Doug Evans. I think Stokes is better than Evans. Rasul Douglas and Ty Williams. I'll take Sewell over Williams. And then you go to your, your dime back, the Shamar, John Charles, or Keyshawn Nixon, um, Roderick Mullen, and Corey Dowden. Corey Dowden played in nine games. Okay, I like the depth of this secondary better. Safety-wise, Leroy Butler, Adrian Amos. Butler's a Hall of Famer, but Amos plays similar to Butler in a lot of ways. Darnell Savage and Eugene Robinson. Darnell Savage is, is you know, you put him in, let him get open, let him run that, basically that free safety and go up and get the ball. He could be dangerous like Eugene Robinson was. And then Mark Pryor and Tyree Carpenter. Pryor had some big picks for them, had a good career. Carpenter hasn't played a game yet. Um, what they would do is roll Butler down into the slot most of the time when they went dime, and then Pryor would take the other safety spot. So it's kind of different. But I think this team compared – this defense compares more favorably to the 96 team than it does the 2010 team. I think the biggest uh, place that it will compare better to the 2010 team is in the, the dynamic aspect. And I don't mean that necessarily in their athleticism or their speed, but the reason the 2010 defense was so good – was because they caused they created so many turnovers. That's why the Packers went on the run that they did. Aaron Rodgers was great. The offense had some really good moments, um, including in the 2010 Super Bowl. However, the reason they were able to get to that Super Bowl, A, um, was honestly kind of because of, it, I believe it was Brandon Jackson um, that went on that crazy run as the running back and was good for no, like... James Starks. James Starks, thank you very much. Um, for like six games, Brandon Jackson was the third down back. Um, and then it was because of the defense. And so you had times where Rogers and the offense couldn't get anything done, but that 2010 team, they got sacks. And even if they may not have had the name power or, um, actually had the sack numbers during the regular season, they, they had a lot of big plays. And I think that will be the biggest quality of this defense. Like you were talking about earlier, Joe, they're not even throwing against Jair in camp. Aaron Rodgers isn't even throwing at Jair in camp. And so you're getting Douglas 
and you're getting Stokes who are getting interceptions and everybody is getting interceptions in camp because nobody will throw at Jair Alexander. And so if you take that into the NFL, it will be incredible throughout the year what this team can do in turnovers. Uh, and when you have Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith attacking the quarterback, that makes it even better. And so I think maybe in terms of uh, you know actual athletic qualities and actual uh, play on the field, they might translate better to 96. But I think their turnovers, which is really the biggest part, uh, will be what compares to 2010 better. You know, and the thing I like about what you said, um, what you said, Rashawn Gary has taken a leadership role. And I think you're seeing that more with him and Jair Alexander. I think that those two have really taken a different role in terms of their yeah. room. And, and Adrian Amos, who's been one, and, and, and Kenny Clark. and But to have the report come out yesterday that Rashawn Gary goes into the second unit's huddle and fires them up. Yep. You know, in, in, a team, in a team period, like you want that out of your emerging superstars. And I think he's poised to take an even bigger jump. He's already was at times dominant last year. I think he's about to take an even bigger step. And, and kudos for Brian Gutekunst to, to, to pull the trigger and seeing something. Because I, I didn't know about that pick. I'm a, if I'm being a buck, right. I, had, I, I was not sure. I was like, ugh. He was hurt at me. He didn't. But then I went back and started watching Michigan tape. And he's getting double and triple teamed all the time. And that's with Mo Hurst next to him at D-Tackle. And it's like, wait, maybe. maybe. And they're like, we're going to stand him up. I'm like, uh, uh, is he going to be lost in space? Right. No, he made himself even better. And it's like, okay, he's, he's the real deal. Jacob Westendorf's adopted son is the real deal. His son. And his son. And, and, and so him – Barring any again, barring injury, this defense is poised, you know, to make huge impacts. And that secondary is going to be the, in, in part, the reason why because they're going to be able to cover, which means those guys, those linemen, and those backers are going to be able to get to the quarterback and create pressure. And then they create pressure, ball goes in the air. Guess what happens? Ball gets picked and going the other way for six. And. <laughs> Just, just oh like today, Justin Fields going through his stuff, missing wide open receivers, having his worst day at practice. That's right. Justin Fields. Uh, Joe, you know who would have made Justin Fields a lot better is Sterling Sharp. Uh, Make anybody. <laughs> Sterling would have made anybody better. Uh, and with the Hall of Fame game right around the corner this weekend, we have to talk about Sterling Sharp. And and this is oh this is it's this Thursday. Um, I thought the Hall of Fame game was Saturday. It's no, Thursday. Game is Thursday. I think the inductions are Saturday. I don't oh, sweet. Know. Okay. Oh, the, the induction might be Saturday. Be. Um, okay. So game is game is Thursday. Induction is Saturday. Um, and, and this is something that Joe knows a lot more about because he's old, and I was not alive for Sterling Sharp playing football. Um, so, Joe, hey. Sterling Sharp Hall of Fame worthy. Yes, and it's a long time coming. Look, I wrote a piece on Game on Wisconsin about this as well as Franchise Sports Media. Sterling Sharp, the only receiver that you could compare Sterling Sharp to during his career is Jerry Rice. Um, in seven seasons, Sterling Sharp had 595 receptions 
for 8,134 yards and 65 touchdowns. Jerry Rice, during his first seven seasons, had 526 receptions for 9,072 yards and 93 touchdowns. Now, I took a few more receivers and wanted to put their numbers to it. Terrell Owens had 512 receptions for 7,470 yards and 72 touchdowns. Randy Moss, 574 receptions for 9,142 yards and 90 touchdowns. Calvin Johnson, 572 receptions for 9,328 yards and 66 touchdowns. Antonio Brown, before going cuckoo, has 632 receptions for 8,377 yards and 50 tuggies. And Julio Jones had 497 receptions for 9,054 yards and 43 touchdowns. Every single one of those players either will be or already are in the Hall of Fame. Now, Sharp's 65 career touchdowns are as many as Hall of Famer Michael Irvin despite playing five fewer seasons. During the same years playing the NFL, Sharp's numbers definitely were better than any of the future Hall of Famers with less talent around him. Okay, now let's not say let's say Michael Irvin. I read you Sharp's numbers. Irvin's numbers were 416 yards for 6,930 or 416 receptions for 6,935 yeah. yards or 40 touchdowns. Sharp was a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, uh, three-time NFL reception leader, including being the first person in over 50 years to catch for 100 balls in back-to-back seasons, two-time NFL touchdown leader. And led the NFL in receiving yards in 92. Obviously was elected to Green Bay's Hall of Fame in 2002. Here's the deal, though. Here are his quarterbacks. Now, Michael Irvin had Troy Aikman. Right. Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Steve Young, and Steve Bono. Terrell Owens, Steve Bono, uh, and, and, and Steve Young. Randy Moss, Tom Brady, Dante Culpepper, Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon. Calvin Johnson, okay, Calvin's numbers are different, but he still had Matthew Stafford. Big Ben with Antonio Brown and Julio had Matty Ice. Sterling Sharp had Don Mikowski and Randy Wright in 88. In 89, had Don Mikowski in a fantastic year. In 90, he had Mikowski, Anthony Dillwig, and Blair Keel. In 91, Mikowski, Tom Zach, and Keel. And then in 92, after three games, Brett Favre took over and it was Favre. From his peer standpoint, the only corner you could talk to about Sterling Sharp, I think, in that era is Deion Sanders. Deion is, when it comes to corners, he's at or near the top. Right. Deion, Deion said this to Rich Eisen. Quote, the guy should be in the Hall of Fame, who is one of the most physical, one of the best route runners, one of the best receiving guys I've ever played against, and that's Sterling Sharp. Let me tell you something, man. When you line up and bump, he's going to take your face mask off and your shoulder pads off. And if you back off, he's going to catch the ball. And you how you going to make that tackle? Sterling Sharp deserves to be in the same category as Gale Sayers, as uh, TD, Terrell Davis, guys who didn't play a long time. And I'll say this too. Even Kurt Warner, who shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame before Sterling Sharp. And if you ask Shannon Sharp, Sterling's better than Shannon. I'm the same. Case is already made. This case is already made, too. Yeah, but no, you're still ugly. Thank you, Jacob. He's not wrong with this one, either. Uh, (laughs) Our loving owner and the boss man, and uh, this is not wrong, either. 
this i mean let, let's put it this way uh people watch us talk about sports not because we're fun to look at no they want to hear about Sterling that's Sharks for sure more. exactly <laughs> and joe just so the people can be even more impressed how many of those numbers do you actually have written down um a couple not a lot but a couple a couple of them a couple of them not many. i mean look the, the, the dude there's only one player that you could compare him to. Like, you had Herman Moore during that time that was in the running shoot. You had Barry Sanders. You had Andre Risen, you know, playing in the running shoot. Uh, Andre Reed in the running, you know, playing in the running shoot. Yeah. You had Perry Kemp, Kendrick Taylor, Mark Ingram, a young Robert Brooks, Sanjay Beach. Those are the receivers playing next to Sterling Ed West is your tight end. Ed West? Like, Ed West. Yes. Ed West side. I mean, that's it. Vince Workman <laughs> is your running back. You had no running game. Zero. I mean, like, it's Edgar Bennett toward like 93, 94. That's when he broke the curse and ran for 1,000 yards. And then you had yeah. Dorsey Levins and, and Amon Green and, and everybody, the influx of running coming in. He had nobody. And he's putting up these numbers while Jerry Rice had Dwight Clark, J.J. Stokes, Terrell Owens. Like, yeah. Jake Reed and Chris Carter were opposite of Randy Moss. Yeah. Like, like and, and Julio had, uh, I can't forget his name, uh, Roddy White, opposite of Julio. Everybody, yeah. everyone and then Calvin guys, Ridley later in his career, yeah. Yeah, and then Michael Irvin had Alvin Harper and Jay Novacek and Emmitt Smith. Like, all those guys had everything, while Sterling Sharp had nothing. Nothing. And he still put up them numbers. And the reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame right now is because he did the media wrong his, after his rookie year. No, he was pissed off because they said you only had one touchdown after your rookie year. What's wrong with you? No, only broke the, the the reception rookie reception record at the time. You know, and not my, it's not his fault. The team was trash. Exactly, and then so the local media gave him a bunch of crap. So he's like, okay, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm going to talk to the only the national media, and that's what he did. And and so they held that against him. Because he, because he, because they thought he was a prick. No, look at what he did on the field. What he did on the field constitutions or constitutes him going into the Hall of Fame and should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Bruce. I, yeah, I said something wrong. So constitution. Yeah, it is in my constitution. The Stern Sharp should be the Hall of Fame. It's in the con. It's in Joe's constitution. Yeah, Constitution of the United States of Arrigo. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I love that you totally knew I said some shit in his ear. <laughs> I have to look. I already know. I already know. Bro, so, for I love you, for, so for those of you who don't it. know, uh, I don't wear my hood just because I have Bruce in my ear. I wear it because I feel like a hoodlum. No, it's just cold in my apartment. Um, but I have Bruce in my ear talking to me. Joe refuses because he's an admirable young man. Old man. Um, but Bruce Bruce says some stupid stuff in my ear all that's show just to keep me entertained. I don't, don't want to hear Bruce. That's fair. Um, but, <laughs> Joe, what we're going to move on to, and you're completely unprepared for this, which is why it will be even better, is we're going to start uh, something we're going to do every single week. Uh, we're going to start the fumble of the week, which is basically uh, something – that happened with the Green Bay Packers and, or anything really in sports in the last week that we don't like or is stupid or um, something bad that somebody did that we can make fun of in the past week. So 
Joe, if you don't have something, I can go first for you, but I'm probably going to go first. I might have something, but you can go first. Okay. So what I'm going to do um, is all of the people on Packers Twitter who just out of nowhere think that Romeo dubs is good. And um, you know, not, not to yell at Jake, Jacob, cause I love Jacob. Uh, but you know, Romeo dubs fistful, by the way. Romeo Dubs with a fistful contact practice today. <laughs> In the immortal words of Tupac, still balling. So first of all, Jacob doesn't know how to spell, and I caught it. I have the receipts. And number two, um, dude, people are going straight from why did we take Romeo Dubs to he's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's literally an account on Twitter right now where it's the guy's name in parentheses, Dubs Hall of Fame case. And so people are going from, why do we pick this guy to Hall of Famer? As <laughs> and so to the comment earlier about Joe being like a Cowboys fan, uh, at least Joe has been consistent about his hype for Romeo Dubs. And this applies to all sports fans. Uh, just calm yourself when it comes to expectations and all of that. Joe at least has been consistent. If you haven't been consistent, shut up. Yeah, I've said April 30th. Five something PM. Yeah, Joe's been saying it for months. If you haven't been saying it for months, then let's calm down a little bit. You can say it about Aaron Rodgers all you want. Mans is in year 18. But let's calm down if we haven't been uh, hyped the whole time. (laughs) What you got, Joe? You know what? I think the fumble of the week is the NFL in general. You fumble the Deshaun Watson situation, six games, $345,000 fine. This is the best. Well played. Great topic. I'm sorry, but you're exactly correct on this. So so the NFL fumbled that. And if they, if they go back and try to, um, I guess, appeal it to Roger Goodell to give him more, it makes them look even worse. Because you have owners doing the same thing, if not worse, and that they're not getting in trouble. Like Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder, Robert Kraft, who put out a statement. Talking about it's, it, it's a bad look. Fool, you were in a brothel getting a You are a bad look. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. During Super Bowl week, too? Come on, bro. So the NFL, I... with, that, with that, and then today's news, as we record this or we do this live, about Tom Brady not being disciplined, but the Dolphins are being disciplined. Tom Brady under contract with the Patriots, and he's trying to get and out the of Bucks. A, a, twice. Well, once, tw- once with the Patriots. No, twice. Yeah, once with the Patriots, once with the I mean, Bucks. Once with the Bucks. I'm saying Patriots right now. You're, you're like, hey, I don't like Bill. I want to get out of here. I'll come be your quarterback. I want ownership too, though. Okay, nah. Brian Flores is like, nah, man, we don't do things like that here. And then he turns around, doesn't like what's going on in Tampa, and is like, hey. And then they're going to try to bring him go to Miami, Garoppolo go to Tampa, try to circumvent everything. But they'll find the Dolphins, which they should. They'll take away draft compensation and suspend the owner, which they should. But you're not doing it to Tom Brady. Teflon Tom is at it again. Scandal follows that man everywhere he goes. Uh, And the only – 
the only comment I have to add on to that, Joe, uh, with the Watson situation, and th- this is the only um, funny thing I have seen that was actually like kind of appropriately funny, uh, is all you, all you need to know about the NFL is that they're so messed up that uh, they would rather all of these bad things happen than somebody actually bet on the Falcons to win a football game. <laughs> Look, look, I, this is I, I like talk, that. I that's that that gets a year. Well, look, OK, so the, I, I did a show today out here in Vegas. I hosted I was hosting a show out here in Vegas today. Yeah. And here's what here's what I said when this this was a topic. All that Judge Roberson could do when it came to that is go off what the precedence was. The NFL put five cases in front of her, just five. They didn't put all of them. And when they put him, she went by what they had done in the past as far as discipline. Right. So, and in the past, look, uh, Paul Horning, Alex Karras, they were suspended for for life but came back in a year for gambling. So there's precedence in the past for gambling on your team in the NFL. This situation – There's no precedent for what was done because there's – no evidence yeah there's no evidence of th- something like this being done from an nfl player exactly um, and so it thankfully as packers fans there's nothing we've had to watch like this but it's unfortunate um from an nfl standpoint well um well there was a scandal back in the in the 80s the reason why james lofton was traded and oh yeah, was, he was accused. Him and Eddie Lee Ivory were was accused of uh, sexual assault. So that so that that did happen. Um, back then, way before your time, I was still a little kid when that happened. But yeah. you know, and shame on the Cleveland Browns. You know, in in from a business standpoint, they what they did was shrewd because his fine would have been in upwards of ten million dollars if he was a normal contract, and it's three hundred thirty three thousand dollars. Yeah, so they did it for that, you know, they and, and they said, okay, we're going to take a chance. We're going to get a top three quarterback in the league that's going through something, and this will blow over eventually, and we're going to go out there and win. We, we have a, a once-in-a-generation quarterback. So from a business standpoint, on the field, it was smart. Off the field, did you sell your soul to the devil? Makes Makes me feel a lot better, and it, you know, not to say that, you know, whatever, but it, you know, makes Aaron Rodgers look a lot more normal, which I never thought I'd say, um, but with that, with that dope ass tattoo, mm. the eye of the tiger. Um, but yes, Joe, it has been a pleasure, um, to talk Packers about you, talk Packers about you, talk Packers with you, talk about the Packers with you. Words are hard. I'm tired. Um, and you've done a lot of talking today as well. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll be back next week with another episode of Immaculate Perceptions. Uh, if you like watching Bruce and I make fools of ourselves, we'll be live on Thursday as well for Third Down Thursdays. Check us out there, um, and make sure to follow Game on Wisconsin for all your Packers content on a daily basis. I believe we have Lombardi's Bar tomorrow and Open yes. Book on Thursday, so make sure to tune in for those. And without further ado, we will talk to you folks next week. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lombardi's.